we're talking about this, this reality of, of the kingdom of God on earth. And uh, my instruction is, John, we want to be encouraged, not depressed. That's meant to be a joke. but Well, it's not actually. It's, it's, it's actually true. Everything we do and everything we say and every topic we, we share wants to lead to encouragement. Um, but one of the things that word, the God's Word does and God's Spirit does is He does begin at times to stir us and push against things that we initially want to resist. So it's one of the reasons why as a value in this church I want to really maintain um, an understanding that when we talk, for instance, about people struggling with addictions, that there are drug addictions that are really obvious, but there are other addictions that are not obvious at all. And God's, we're all addicted to this world in some way. And what I'm talking about in these weeks pushes that addiction, which doesn't feel like addiction. It just feels like, who do you think you are? And how dare you say that about me? Or how dare you imply that? But we, we live in a world where we are very, very attuned to the brokenness of the world. And we're very, very attuned to what it is like to live without God. I mean, do we understand that? That our natural lives feel, they so, feel so authentically true for us that... When Jesus comes into the midst, many of, there will be times in all of our lives when we are the Pharisee that Jesus is speaking to. And we will rise up and we will go, no, who do you think you are? Crucify him. You're aware of that. I've been there. You're not aware of that. Anybody home? Am I talking to anybody here? Are you aware of that? Are you aware of that these two realities live in us? All right. I don't want to speak to myself today. But there's, so, so don't get angry and don't be surprised when there's a jarring that goes on. Because following Jesus and starting to come to terms with Jesus has to have that element to it at some time. But what's really important is that in, all around that element is the love of the Father that says you are very, very special. I have gone to the cross for you. I have risen to give you power. You are incredibly um, precious to me. But a loving father disciplines his children. But a loving father gives direction. But a loving father doesn't always say, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. And it's that tension balance that is intriguing, frustrating, challenging, beautiful. All of it. So we've been talking about the clash of these kingdoms in Luke chapter 12, where Luke speaks about, where John and uh, Jesus and Luke speak about uh, this lifestyle in the world. Where Jesus says, he said in other places, be in the world but not of the world. And then he says, uh, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees because they talk but they don't do. And everybody goes, yes, 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 that's right. And then he says, so do you. No, 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 no. And he, he starts being specific, and he says, look around at the nature, look around at things that you see. And he says, look how God cares for them. And then he says, why wouldn't God care for you if he cares about lilies? And he takes incredible care about his creation, and he places you in the midst of it. 
And he says, why are you worrying about what you eat and what you wear like the pagans do? Our natural response is, come on. If I don't worry, who will? Depends which kingdom you live in. I could do a, a sort of a fairy tale now or a, one of those maybe grim fairy tales where you have once upon a time there was a world where people had to work hard they, they locked everything up because they were scared of stealing and I could do the whole description actually of the fallen world and then there was a prince who came from another world and this world was a place where people lived in freedom they shared what they had they knew themselves to be deeply loved and they had no locks and there was no room for Chris because there was no need for his services as a locksmith because nobody was worried about losing anything. And in this world, there was peace and tranquility enough for everybody and everybody lived under the domain of a father who was kind and good. Under this domain, the father was vicious and cruel and they never knew what would happen tomorrow. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven Many of us live in this world and we look over at that world and say, I wish I could get there. And Jesus comes into this world and he says, I'm going to bring that world here because that's what I intended right from the beginning. This has got hijacked, but never mind. I have overcome this world and I'm going to lead you from here through death into that world, but you don't have to wait. Heaven begins on earth wherever I am present. I have come to embrace you, one who felt lost, forlorn, broken, empty, uh, having to rely on yourself. I have come to embrace you and say, the Father sees you, his storehouse is full, he will provide for you here because he can fly in resources irrespective of this demonic father you have and he can break open heaven on earth if you actually allow him. And I will make this possible by the cross and I will break the barrier that exists between us. So this isn't a fairy tale, this is actually reality. What if that's true? And what if this kingdom is entirely about everything you see is what sustains you? And what happens in this kingdom is people take and take and take. Have you watched it in yourself and other people? They take and take. If I get this job, if I just get married, if we always have the ifs, then I will be happy. You notice that? If I have this, if I move to Canada, I'll be happy. That's what I said. Didn't take long not to be happy. If I was married, I'd be happy. If I was this, I'd be happy. And I always found myself at the end of the if, and then I said, oh, but I'm still here, and I'm still not happy. I'm still not fulfilled. Because that's the nature of this kingdom. It never satisfies. And so I'm always postponing happiness and joy because I haven't got the physical, tangible thing that will plug the gap and make me happy. It's called living from the outside in. The tangible and the possessions will make me alive. And what happens when you get what you wanted it changes you. In other words, the visible takes it, is taken in to you and it transforms your character. Have you ever you watched that with people? People come to this church when they're broken and they get a little bit better and then they leave and they strut around doing their stuff and they fall again. It's what we do. People get power. They get positions and it changes their characters. In this world, everything's invisible. And as you take hold of the invisible, the visible comes. As you step into the kingdom of God and you step into the love of God, the visible is released. As we step into the adventure with Lefty, the resources will be released. But they will not be released until you step. And you have to step 
into the invisible. There are many people who say, we will not make a decision until all the money is here. That is the value of this kingdom. It's insecure and it's tied to money or mammon. The only way to break that spirit is to live out of that spirit. He says, my God is wealthy and he is leading us and we are trusting him together because we check out what we hear because we don't trust ourselves as individuals and we step into things together once we sense that this is God. And people say, you must be crazy. And he says, we are. But it's much more fun than that. This is paralyzed and this is sick. And it's bankrupting our culture. And we happen to be people who have testimonies to that because we live in the most privileged land in the world and look how unhappy we are. And look how unfulfilled we are and how prescribed with medicines we are. If this was true, we should be thrilled. But our greed cripples us. So we have 5% of the population living in huge mansions, the other 20% living in nothing, and in between there are people trying to get up to here. And then I'll be happy. And when I get up to here, I find another chick and I get divorced because she looked sweeter. Because I wasn't fulfilled yet. You know, I'm just describing what you know. But I am saying that if Jesus is real, he's got to make a difference in this world. And it makes a difference when it hits me. Because if my promised land isn't invaded by Jesus, nothing's going to flow through me. I'll tell you, I was writing this um, article very quickly because it was running out of time for trail notes this week about Lefty coming. And I shared a little bit, for those who have read it, about, uh, you know, Lefty's a team player. And when he comes, I mean, my prayer is that we're not sitting here waiting for him to be Jesus Christ. I'm Jesus Christ. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, we're not waiting for him to do something. We're actually saying he's part of something. There's stuff that he needs. He's He's not Jesus Christ. None of us are. But he's, But I'm praying that he will find a people ready to go, just as we're ready to go now, in one direction. We're going to be multifaceted. And, the, the, you know, I sort of right away, and this phrase came out, and it was... Um, I'm not going to do everything for you. I'll do everything through you. I don't know if you've ever been to mining operations and watched them throw all the soil and garbage onto the, the, the conveyor belt and they're looking for diamonds. Sometimes that's how God speaks to me. There's all this stuff coming along and suddenly there and there's a diamond and that's one. And that's actually, I believe, a word of God for us. Which is I'm not going to do everything for you. I'm going to do everything through you. What I've done for you is made a way. What I've done for you is given a revelation through my son of life as it's meant to be. What I've done for you is take the barrier between you and me away on the cross. What I've done for you is pay attention to your weakness and pour out my spirit so that it can reside in you and you can do extraordinary things because I live in you. I have done that for you. But now with those realities in place, I want to partner with you to flow through you into this broken world. I will not do anything for Jericho Road. I will do everything through the individuals of Jericho Road. That's the challenge we have, the invitation we have, the privilege we have. And as I do things through you, so I will strengthen you, release you, heal you, and do amazing things around you. But I need you to be say, here I am, Lord. And I was thinking about that and thinking, you know, the churches and 
we're very often full of um, what I call Christian atheists. And Christian atheists are people who believe in God, they just don't believe He can do anything. They believe that God exists and they will argue about Jesus and they'll argue about the Word of God and they'll quote you Scripture, but they just never believe that God will actually do anything. There's a lot of Christian atheism around. There was another one I thought of. What was it? Oh, pagan Christianity. I'm going to describe that in a minute. You know what pagan Christianity is? I just made it up. Pagan Christianity is when you say, well, what? I want to live here. Between these two kingdoms, get the best of both. It's a little spicy over here. I quite like doing my own thing. And I also like grace and a little bit of mercy in Jesus from time to time. So I think I'm just going to live here and try and reach both, which means I'll probably be killed, crucified, dead, buried, and never rise. Pagan Christianity is having the form of Christianity with no lifestyle to back it up. So <laughs> this is meant to be encouraging. Um, you know, because I'm basically talking to two groups of people right now, at least. <laughs> and the, the reason it's so encouraging is this. Jesus said, Jesus said that uh, unless we die, we will not live. We need to be born again. The part of you and me that rises up and says, I want to stay in this kingdom is the one that needs to die. And the part that needs to rise up is the one that Jesus will release. That's why in your spirit you're ambivalent. You go, yes, but. Because, yeah, I want that, but I like this. And then from time to time, we just do tourist tourism sorties around the place, you know. Well, I need a break. People say that. I'm not coming to church because I'm on holiday. Oh, cool. Usually means I want to feed this one. And we can have Bible studies here. But there's no power. There's no passion. There's no life. So nobody knows. So how does this be encouraging? It's just that it's encouraging when we get it. Because when you get it, you begin to realize there's no winning over here. And you begin to go, Lord, I give in. And I'm speaking out of experience. I mean, lots of experience of wrestling to stay here. Out of anger, out of frustration, out of disillusionment, out of a lot of things. But eventually, like the prodigal son eating the pig's uh, you know, food, you just go, it's not worth it. This thing kills. And like drug addicts, there's a point where you go, You've got to say, I've had enough. And that's why I say there are many people who have very good middle-class lives who haven't had enough yet. So they can't enter into here. So you go to a place of worship where you don't get challenged and you can be a pagan Christian. Very judgmental, John. It's my gift. <laughs> Others would call it discernment. If you come to church and you don't do anything, what are you apart from an idiot? If you come to church and you spout off beliefs, but you have no power and you're miserable, why don't you just play golf? If this is true, surely it's worth something. 
if this is true, that man went to the cross because he said it was worth it. Somebody walked into the foyer two weeks ago because they put a, a white flag up higher than the others. He said, you know, this white, you know, what's that white flag? Surrender? So I said, no. It means that God is Lord over the nations. That's what you think. Yes, it is. Well, I like the flags, but the, you, know, you, should be, you could be shot for that in Canada. So I said, oh, well, bring it on. But there's an element where that made me think about something, and that is, you know, in the early Christian church, the declaration that Jesus is Lord caused people to go to the lions. They just raised their white flag up and says, Jesus is Lord, and they were killed. They were dipped in tar and put on poles and used as Nero's lamps in his garden parties because they said, Jesus is Lord. Our heritage is based upon that kind of declaration. You can read the first century Christianity. It's most bloody in the world. It's also the one that spread Christianity the most. If you don't actually stand for something, you fall for everything is the cliché. You don't stand for anything. You don't live for anything either. So I think these kingdoms need to clash. And I think they need to smash the heads in our, in our hearts. And we need to decide what kingdom we want to be part of. And then we just need to give each other permission to realize that that's going to be a process. But we're going to own that process and say, I'm still struggling with my selfishness. I'm still struggling with this and that. I'll give you four or five things that this clash will, will, will challenge or bring out for you. Are you having fun yet? Good. He said, seek first the kingdom and everything else will come after you. So there's no point if I don't know that I have a disease, if I don't know that I'm a sinner, if I don't know that I'm really, really, really attracted to this kingdom, I won't know that I need to be set free. Because Jesus didn't come and say, I'd just like you to stay in here and have Bible studies and sing some songs. This kingdom thinks, uh, those, this is Egypt. That's the promised land. This place is alive. And it begins now, not when you die. So what does that look like? Paul talks about it. In fact, every book talks about it. He says, So as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ which is just what I've been talking about in a more contemporary way. Hollow philosophies. In Christ is all the fullness of God living in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. If you and I have been brought to fullness in Jesus, then why do we feel so empty? If Jesus is so full for us, what is our problem? Maybe it's that we haven't learned how to receive that fullness which has already been released over us. And the only way that it can be released over us is as we actually empty ourselves of that which is already in us. And that which is already in us that prevents us being filled from that side is the stuff that needs to be emptied. It's a bit like the garbage cans you see out here, you know, waste management is what we're talking about. I have to give up what is taking up space in order to be able to take in. It's called repentance. It's called a change of mind, a change of philosophy, a change of lifestyle. It's called letting some things go, in other words, as Paul says, so that I might take hold of that for which he took hold of me. So, what are the core things in the world, both worlds? What are, what are, what are core values 
I just wrote down four or five. And we won't spend a lot of time on each, don't worry. What does this look like? I think it's value, identity, security, and purpose, the first four. Issues of value, identity, security, and purpose. Those two worlds are diametrically opposed to each other when it comes to those issues. In this world, value is about success and ownership. What you have and what you spend your time on to make your life what you want it to be. In this world, it's about significance. It's about who you are. Because this world says, once you know who you are, everything else will follow. This world says, what do you want to be when you're older? This world says, what do you do? This world says, who are you? This world lives from a place of inheritance, fulfillment, and love. This world strives to get to that place in my own strength. The key to these two worlds in this particular issue of value is what you worship. Worship means what you pay attention to, spend money and time on. Whatever you spend time, money, and passion on is your object of worship, irrespective of what you say with your lips. It's the clash of the kingdoms. Here's a video on that topic. Pagan, pagan worship is singing songs in this kingdom about the world to come and living my life as if that world didn't exist. It's called hymn saying. Worship in this kingdom is a response to having been rescued from that kingdom. And it comes out of a place of great gratitude. Because I don't deserve to be here. It's called grace. And when I've received amazing grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found, and I know it. I want to worship and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I have to keep that fueled. But it also means this is an attitude that I'm striving to, imply, uh, to inject into my life seven days out of seven. My values are very different. We could spend all day on each of these. Identity. This, the identity of the people who live here is about self. God, I want. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Please bless, please help, please heal. It's all about me. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm not going to serve you. And if it doesn't happen, I don't believe you exist. It's all about me. Identity in this is, I was lost. I am a son and a daughter of the King of Kings. How can I serve you with this life that has been restored to me? A life that I never knew, because that wasn't life. That was slavery. I was a slave to all the stuff that I was trying to find life in. And that could be incredibly respectable as well as incredibly destructive stuff. But once I've entered into this kingdom, I know that I was lost and now I'm found. And I say, Lord, how can I serve you? My servant's heart. How can you say you love God and you don't love one another? I begin to beat to a different pace. And that pace is I'm aware. My eyes are open to those around me like they were not over there. Over there, my eyes bounce out of mirrors all the time. Obsessed with self. Over here, my eyes begin to see others, and I go, they're hurting. And maybe I can help. The heart of the Father begins to infect my heart, and I begin to step out of my realm and look at others and start saying, Father, how can I serve? 
My identity becomes a son and a daughter of a king who has an inheritance. And as he sent his son Jesus, so he sends me. And I'm thrilled to be sent. Because in the sending, I find meaning. You can tell those who really know the kingdom by how far their eyesight goes. Security is another one. In this kingdom, everything I do is about making my life secure, tangibly. I don't have to describe it, we know it. In this kingdom, my security is in the hands of my father, who said in Luke 12, don't worry. If I know how to look after the, the grass and the, fe- the, you know, the, the lilies, I'll look after you. In this world, we're trying to get tangible evidence for that. In this world, you can stand in a slum and say, I trust. I read a book this week called Father of the Fatherless. Charles Mulley, he's a Kenyan. He was beaten up. At six years old, he went into the streets. He became an entrepreneur and made a fortune in Kenya and then laid it all down so he could actually reach other street, street kids. He broke the news to his wife and his six or seven children, and they said, where are we doing? And he said, God will be faithful. And his story is amazing. He's already had schools for 6,000 children over the last 15 years. As he responded to the cry of God in him to actually release it into the world in which he had come from and bring about transformation. That is the kingdom. It's very, very powerful. But it costs. But it doesn't cost. Because his testimony is, of course, it didn't cost me anything. God is faithful. And he sold all his properties and eventually sold the last one. And they said, now what? He said, well, God is faithful. He will, and he just began to open the doors. But he's the God of the Red Sea. You know where the God of the Red Sea is? God parts the, parts the Red Sea as you step into it. He loves the do or drown bit. He's just in time. He says, test me. And you go, no, you test me. No, no, no. And we play this game of chicken. But we never actually know the power of God because he says, you're going to have to trust. I'll only do it when your plan B is demolished. You want an edgy life? Follow Jesus. I fully expect him to to, to get me to sell my house before I'm dead. I fully expect that to be gone. Sorry, Cheryl, but you know, I do. And I'm fine with it. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm just going, I don't care. I really do not care. I do a little bit but not enough. Security is about relying upon Him, that He is faithful and He will keep you safe, even if it means through death. We're finishing up here. If you have your value, your identity, and your security in the right kingdom, your purpose will naturally fall out of those decisions. What is my purpose? On earth here, it's to make me happy, help me survive, and look after my family or something like that. My purpose on earth from this kingdom perspective is totally about, Lord, how do you want to use me? I'm your servant and I'm glad to do whatever you want and do whatever it takes. The difference in these two kingdoms finally is in this kingdom you're on your own. You work it out on your own. It's dog eats dog and I hope you make it. In this kingdom, we are family and this is the value that's often difficult for people to bring over into this kingdom. It's about us not about me. So we together can do amazing things to bring about transformation and impact on this island and in Port Alberni. If we understand that we are both all living stones being held together, so Lefty comes and we say, we, need to, we probably need $40,000 to ramp up that gym so it becomes a, 
center of activity for this whole community. And you go, but the, 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 where's this money coming from? He said, I don't know. It'll come. I'm just talking loosely now. You know, that's, I'm, I'm merely saying God will begin to release as we begin to say, well, I'll give you what I've got. Here's 20 cents. And he says, I love that. If 20 cents is all you've got, then you're still making a contribution worth 200,000 in my value system. But I want you to give of substance so that you can reap. And that's why God is very passionate about this living in community. There's a, part of pagan Christianity is individualism. It's consumerism. I'll get what I want from over there, but I'm not going to actually commit myself. You're too alive. You need to die. Because the kingdom is all about us. Our Father, and what can we do? And what can I do within that to enable us to do? It's a beautiful thing. But it doesn't work with that one. Well, now what? The thing to do with this kind of word is to sift it through. Because it's not coming from a place of condemnation. It's not coming from a place of anger. It's not coming from a place of pointing fingers. It's coming from a place of, I believe, interpreting the scriptures in our time. It's coming, I believe, from a place of truth and revelation through Jesus. That his kingdom is not of this world. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So I expect and anticipate and totally am not surprised that there's a conflict with the world from which I come. And so I have to say, Lord, this is where I am, but I really would love to live in all fullness out of that place. Right? So God is speaking to each of us this morning about his kingdom in real time. He's talking about pagan Christianity. He's talking about the substance of what we say we believe, the depth of life that we say we want. He's talking about the journey that he has us on, and he says, do you really want to keep going? And each of us has a response, but it's not condemnation. You see, you can hear God saying um, anything. I'm not going to pick one. And whatever it is where you might come to, this is my threshold, he just says, well, do you want to be changed? Do you want me to work with you there? Because that's all he's asking. He's just saying, I know your heart. I know part of you wants to and the other part doesn't. So just give me permission to work with you. And I will begin to work through you. And gradually you will release more and more because you'll actually receive more and more. So let's stand and ask him to continue that work in each of us, shall we? I mean, look how I've changed. 20 years ago, I'd be beating you up and we'd be ending this thing and rah, rah, rah. And now I'm being really gentle. So Father, we bless you for grace, through brokenness. And just pray your Holy Spirit right now, just really quietly or not so quietly. Uh, talks to us about, because Jesus, I believe, just wants us to say, what are you going to do with what you've heard? And Lord, some of us might know what that is. Some of us might have things. We just want to say, forgive me, because I've been too much in this kingdom of the world. Some, for us, some of us, it might not be clear at all. But he's not condemning anyone. He's just saying, my kingdom is so much nicer, so much more powerful than the kingdom that you're used to. And Lord, I just therefore pray for a release of hunger for your kingdom. And I pray that you will release us to live lifestyles that will declare your kingdom on earth as in heaven.
Because before God, there is no separation. There's no such thing as secular and sacred. There's no such thing as yours and mine. All I have is yours. And all you have is mine. And we just ask you, you can put your hands on, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit, which is the deposit of the King of Kings. It's the deposit of the kingdom of heaven. Everything that comes from God's Spirit is invisible. It accesses us invisibly, and it changes us inside, and then comes out in lifestyle. Everything in this world, we access tangibly, and it doesn't come out of us other than another tangible expression. So, Father, we want to repent before you and declare your lordship over the values of this world in which we live and in which we're enmeshed and in which we don't even know that we are often enmeshed. And we thank you that there is no condemnation in you. And we just give you permission to work in our hearts and lives that we would become increasingly free citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And I pray particularly for that core identity that we are much-loved children of the King of Kings. He knows us by name, and he holds us in the palm of his hand. And whether we're rich or poor on this earth, he says, in heaven you are rich. All I have is yours. And if you will yield yourself to me, and if you will follow me tangibly within the body of Christ, I will release everything you need. I promise you that. But I, I invite you to step out of the boat, and I invite you to walk on water, I invite you to watch my part the Red Sea for you, but you'll never know it until you do it. So, Father, I also pray for a release of faith, extraordinary faith to believe what we don't yet see, and a great deal of excitement and anticipation. Don't be afraid. In the name of Jesus, I break fear. Fear is a waste of time, and fear just cripples and paralyzes. It's very, very boring. Prison cells are boring. So, Father, I speak freedom, freedom, freedom to believe what we don't yet see. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom, freedom, freedom. All I have is yours. So let's have a banquet, he says. I have a banquet in the face of my enemies. Because the battle is his, not ours. Ours is to declare and demonstrate freedom. The battle is his. In this world, the fallen world, all we do is battle. It's useless. Jesus has won the battle, and so he says, be free to be salt and light in the world in which I've placed you right now. But you cannot give away to others what you haven't received because you won't feel it passionately enough. So receive my love. Receive my kingdom. Receive my goodness. Receive my favor. Receive my faithfulness. Receive all that I have is yours. And one more thing let's pray about. Pray about our attitude towards the body of Christ. God has placed us in a body in order that we might grow and be interdependent. We need to bring to God our attitude towards His body. And we ask You, Father, to forgive us where there's an independence that breaks down Your kingdom. That we might be a people who are, are, are sharing together in a journey. Interdependence. Interdependence. Depending on each other in order that something greater than each and any individual can be accomplished in this place. So we thank you for that. We bless you for what you're doing. And we pray that you're going to use this body to touch lives, the youth. We pray that you touch lives and transform lives through addictions and recovery. We pray that you touch lives in all kinds of relationships. 
We just bless what you want to do, that the kingdom will be here on earth, that we will not be pagan Christians. We will be Christians with passion and say, Jesus saves, Jesus changes, Jesus heals. You need healing right now from physical condition. Place your, raise your hand, please. Okay, look around. People around you, lay your hands on them. Let's quickly pray for the healing. I mean this seriously. If you haven't got your hand up, then put your hand on somebody. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with your, your, your goodness. It's got nothing to do with your ability to say, save or heal anyone. So the spirit of the kingdom of God right now is look around you and lay hands on those who put their hands up. Now just pray blessing over them and release the kingdom of heaven and healing. Speak out loud and just say, release the kingdom of heaven and healing over this person. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for your healing spirit. And I speak releasing of healing into bodies and against sicknesses right now. Because in the kingdom of heaven, there is no sickness. And so we just bless the release of your kingdom in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. We're not finished yet. Thank you. If you're being, if you're being prayed for, receive. Receive. Stop worrying about evidence for anything. Just receive. Just thank the Father for his love for you. Thank you that he says yes to healing. Thank you that he cares about you. Very quiet in here for people who are passionate and sick and hungry. We break shyness. We break this quietness, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just speak. If you want something, ask for it. Shout out for it. Get a little bold. <laughs> All right. More, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just bless your healing spirit in this place right now. I break a spirit of pacifism and shyness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let your spirit of refreshing flow over this place. Thank you, Lord. And the Father says to you right now, okay, we'll, we're winding this up. The Father says to you right now, can I use you? Are you willing and open to be used by me? whatever it takes. And you tell him the answer to that. You tell him the answer to that. So Father, we bless you and we praise you for the adventure we're on. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to stir each other up. We're going to help each other get over ourselves at times. We're going to see your healing break out. We're going to see wonderful things. And we're going to go beyond the walls of this place. And we're going to see many, many, many lives touched because of the testimony that you've placed in our heart. It's not emotional hype. It's just the power of God being proclaimed in truth. Open our eyes to see the needs of those around us. Open our hearts and our, our, our attitudes that we might be those willing to meet their needs. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's sing a song that says, Jesus, God reigns.